Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hello, listeners. We're kicking off 2022 with an episode on integrative medicine and wellness, because I know everyone is probably thinking about what are those goals, uh, whether it's fitness or spiritual or mental goals, all of the different goals, and hopefully uh, health and well-being is one of those, and we're going to hear from guest Jim Hernser today. All right, so today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest is Jim Hernser, who is recognized as one of the pioneers of modern pharmaceutical compounding. Jim is responsible for the formulation of many bioidentical hormone, dermatological, nutritional, and anti-aging compounds and wide use throughout the U.S. He's worked in radio and TV, including multiple appearances on Dr. Phil as a hormone expert. And as a member of the board of the Alliance for Pharmacy Compounding, Jim is passionate about the benefits pharmaceutical compounding can bring to patients. Jim, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Well, thank you, Hillary, and and thank you for the work that you do for pharmacists uh, in America. Well, thank you. And it's really, you know, just a privilege to get to talk with and share um, pharmacists' success stories and and interesting things that they're doing across the country. And so now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro or share a little bit about your personal life. Well, I really do love uh, helping patients. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's just patient care, patient outcomes. And uh, as a natural born caretaker, it just this is just a perfect fit for me, especially working within the integrative medicine model, and which, which uses traditional medicine, natural medicine, just whatever works in order to get the best outcomes for patients. So I really love working within that. I've learned a lot about it, and I get to do a lot of consultations with patients, um, helping them to maybe... Uh, look more broadly than what my traditional doctor buddies might propose as treatment options. You know, I, I love being able to do that for them. And, uh, and anyway, I, I think we had some, had some, uh, in my family, we had some health problems that the traditional medicine had no answers for. And, uh, and it's not that they didn't want to, because they're all my buds. I have most of my friends are traditional doctors. And, uh, and they, they said, Jim, we don't know what's wrong with, with this person. We just know we wouldn't want to live in her body. And so anyway, that, that led me to uh, years ago to start looking more broadly at medicine. And that's what led me to this integrative medicine model. And of course, compounding is wonderful because it allows us that customized care, you know, to be able to help patients maybe um, again in a, in a more broad fa- therapy fashion than what, what traditional medicine can do. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Um, yeah, if you think about how to live in somebody else's body and we, we only have one. And so how do we make it, um, the healthiest that we can be? So, Absolutely. uh, so Jim and, and tell us where you're based and, and where you're coming to us from the world. Yeah, I'm in Irving, Texas, uh, Hillary, I'm, I'm in between Dallas and Fort Worth. Have you ever flown into DFW Airport, which is one of the largest airports in the country? Uh, we're seven minutes. Okay. <laughs> so just, just let you know where we are. Okay. 
great. Uh, and do, do you often get a lot of patients coming in directly to your pharmacy? Do you do, to, can, do you mail products all across the country? What does that kind of look like? Yeah, we, we, uh, Texas is a big state and, uh, we limit our services to Texas patients mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and also Texas doctors. Now I do teaching, I teach, uh, doctors and, uh, nurse practitioners, mid levels in pharmacists, how to do integrated medicine. So I do have a nine hour course I develop and I teach, um, and that's for people all over the country. I've taught that from East coast to West coast. However, um, locally is where my pharmacy is. We're just a, a corner drugstore, just like you might see. And we have uh, maybe 40% traditional prescriptions, 60% compounds, you know, just to kind of give you a picture of, of what we do and, and what involves in, is involved in my day every day. And like today we, we, I had three cases that I did that um, we were helping with. Two of them were soldiers with traumatic brain injury and PTSD. Mm. I was able to develop some protocols, uh, because uh, to try to help with these guys to recover and to be reintegrated back into society. So it's, it's some work that I do that I just love doing because again, these, I can make such a difference in these guys, um, these soldiers. And just a typical example of how I can, uh, this broader thinking can maybe help these guys when traditional medicine just doesn't, has run out of answers for them. Mm. And how meaningful that we're speaking on Veterans Day today. So um, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, so Jim, we know that, uh, hormones play in a role, uh, in the aging process. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of times we hear about, well, well, men too, uh, but, but women, um, you know, getting on, having to get on Primarin or, or different hormones and, uh, or, you know, males like, oh, we've well, got low T. See those, you know, commercials advertised all the time. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, the role of hormones and, and the aging process. You know, hormones are, talking about powerful, um, they are really involved in, in how we age. And uh, you may think of hormones as being sex hormones. But let's also, and yes, of course, they do make you feel like a woman and, and help your brain and, and help the heart and, and all those health things. But also, you know, they're, they're anti-inflammatory steroids. I mean, why would soldiers get better when I get their testosterone right? Their brain has been rattled around um, and being rattled around the hypothalamus, pituitary, the HP axis is upset. Therefore, the brain is not asking the testes for testosterone. And we give testosterone, they feel better. But why do they feel better? Well, number one, you know, testosterone helps these guys with energy. It helps them with, you know, being a man and libido and, and brain function. But it also has these neuroactive steroid uh, capabilities that, that actually calms inflammation in the brain down from the brain injury. And so they're powerful in that respect. And I love that, that on women. Um, you know, we can not only improve their health because we're, we know that women who are using uh, especially bioidentical hormones, biologically identical hormones, we know that they're going to have less risk of cardiovascular disease, less risk of, of breast cancer, 20% less risk of breast cancer. Most people think it increases the risk of breast cancer. Oh, no, it decreases the risk of breast cancer, uh, as, uh, as found out at the uh, San Antonio Breast Symposium last year. Um, in addition... Uh, women have a 78% decreased risk of dementia, uh, University of Arizona study. 
and it's interesting that that even though um, uh, women had a 50% decreased risk in dementia, if they used uh, traditional hormones like Premarin, they had a 78% decreased risk if they used bioidentical hormones. Uh, and so we see all these benefits. We know that it's going to decrease uh, bone loss, you know, osteoporosis being the number two killer of women. And so number one is heart disease. Number two is osteoporosis. And number three is breast cancer. So we know we're going to really affect not only their health, but we're also going to affect quality of life because women feel better when their when their hormones are balanced, whether they're premenopausal, hormone imbalances can happen. You know, let, let's just say, Hillary, uh, uh, you got a 40 year old woman and uh, she's starting to have PMS, you know, for a for a week each month. And she's having heavier periods. She's much more likely to have fibroid tumors develop on her uterus. She's more likely to have endometriosis. She's more likely to have uh, uh, breast issues. And so anyway, when we get the hormones balanced, all of a sudden they feel like themselves again. You know, they're sleeping better. They have better libido. They're not having those little night flat. Uh, night sweats and hot flashes. So we love the fact that we can really make a difference in, in not only, again, their health, because women live three to four years longer if they use hormones than if they don't, but their quality of life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, all right. So a lot of what compounding uh, can help with are creating those bioidentical hormone therapies. So for people who may not be familiar with that terminology, what exactly does that mean? Um, bioidentical simply means that, that we are using exactly the same hormones that their bodies have made their whole life. Um, you may say, well, where do we, we get these hormones? And, and as a pharmacist nerd, I like all that chemistry stuff, you know, but, but uh, we, we take um, steroid-like molecules out of uh, soybean uh, uh, derivatives um, or yam derivatives, and we convert that that molecule into estradiol and progesterone and testosterone and DHEA. Um, so we can we can create all these uh, these biologically identical hormones to what the body has been making its whole life. Because if you think about it, Hillary, um, our body synthesizes hormones. So you know, the, the term synthetic and natural, you know, I don't know. I, I, I stay away from those terms. I really just say, is it the same as what your body has been making your whole life? And back in 1986, uh, my wife had a hysterectomy, oophorectomy. So at age 28, she was, now you know my age, by the way, <laughs> she was menopausal. Um, and all of a sudden, everything changed for her, Hillary, everything. Um, her immune system started crashing and burning. Um, and I can tell you all these things that happened. She, her brain, which is photographic memory, all of a sudden just went blank. Um, she couldn't handle stress. I mean, anxiety kicked in, mood, you know, went down. You know, she was not the same person that she was before the hysterectomy, oophorectomy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it led me to think, what can I do for this girl to help her? Because I loved her more than life itself. I just wanted her to come back to... Being who she is, by the way, she doesn't mind me talking about this, so this is not a HIPAA violation. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I developed the first transdermal estradiol gel, and uh, I I thought of it, I, I put it together, I had it tested um, for potency and and for um, stability, and then we started using it on her, and all of a sudden I saw her coming making a comeback, 
And then over the years, we have progressed since then in our knowledge and progressed in the fact that we know now what is represented by hormone balance, not just estrogen, not just progesterone, not just testosterone. You know, it's a balance of all of the hormones in order for women to feel optimal. And so uh, that was the beginning of uh, my trek into the natural hormone arena, was just simply trying to help my girlfriend. <laughs> We've now been married uh, 44 years in December, so. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting how those personal stories really um, help drive us a lot of times. Um, so uh, that is is fascinating. Uh, so there, you know, are often a little bit of some some myths or benefits of. Um, Compounded hormone therapy. Tell us, you know, a little bit more about, um, you know, well, why why aren't they more mainstream? You know, we've got some of these uh, manufactured um, hormones, uh, Premarin. There's plenty of others uh, that are out there that are kind of come in a bottle. Uh, so, what's the difference between? you know, one that's, that's coming out of the bottle or one that is, is specifically, uh, made and, and how do you, how do you get the specifics of, of what you need, like patient to patient? Um, well, the, the intricate intricate society and North American menopause society say that you, the doctor should not test hormone levels. They say that the measure of a successful patient outcome is, does the patient air quotes, <laughs> I'm putting my little fingers up in the air, feel better. Does the patient feel better? If they do, uh, therapy is success. For us in the integrative arena, we like to do testing. And uh, I do serum testing because my doctors are writing the prescriptions. They're comfortable with serum. They understand serum and they trust it. And so I do serum testing uh, for the most part. And uh, and so I have my own LabCorp account. I, I order labs for my patients because oftentimes the doctors say, Jim, just tell me what to do. This is This is your wheelhouse, not mine. And so I order labs, I interpret the labs, I interpret the symptoms in the case, the risk factors for the case, and then I uh, develop a treatment plan. And, uh, and many pharmacists that are um, in the integrative model do the similar things that I'm, de that I'm describing for doctors in their area as a service for their doctors and their patients. And so I love doing that. I love uh, in investigating how we're doing because symptoms don't tell us the whole story. Labs don't tell us the whole story, but when you put the symptoms and the labs together, now you've got a, a clear picture of what you need to do. And, uh, and so then we um, have some protocols that we have developed and I teach these protocols, but, but basically um, uh, giving a balanced uh, uh, combination of estriol, which is a, which is a protective estrogen, very weak estrogen, but very protective against breast cancer and helps with the brain. Um, in addition, we use estradiol, which everyone knows is the most powerful estrogen. We use progesterone um, in a balanced fashion to make sure that the estrogen is not causing, um, uh, for instance, uh, endometrial thickening of, of the endometrial stripe of the uh, uterus. Um, we make sure that uh, progesterone on board, natural progesterone on board, also decreases the risk of breast cancer and makes women feel more calm because it's converted to a metabolite called allopregnenolone, which is GABA receptors and makes people feel more calm, which is why women feel more calm when their progesterone levels stay strong. 
Um, in addition, we look at testosterone levels and make sure that testosterone is is appropriate. And uh, I, I typically look at, at serum levels. I go, okay, um, when a woman is in her prime in her 20s, her testosterone is 65. And so I, I, I get the hormone levels up to between 35 and 60 um, for a postmenopausal woman or premenopausal with low testosterone. So we're looking at, at the levels, we're looking at the balance, and we're making sure that we do a good job of, uh, of customizing formulations for these patients. We also know, Hillary, that when we use estradiol and estriol transdermally through the skin, I also use a lot of labial application because labial tissues are very um, uh, absorptive. You know, the hormones just go through the skin gray. And so when we, when we put them on topically, uh, these hormones tend to metabolize um, through estrone into um, more um, beneficial metabolites. When we take oral estradiol, there's an increased risk of estradiol being converted to something called 4-hydroxy and 16-alpha-hydroxyestrone, which, which are riskier metabolites. If you mismetabolize your estrogen, it goes to those metabolites, which can be increased risk of breast cancer. So we like to use topical and transdermal um, estradiol, estriol. We like to use oral progesterone, which seems to be more protective than transdermal progesterone. And we use transdermal testosterone simply because transdermal works better than oral. Hmm. Wow. Uh, all right. So Jim, are most of your patients, you know, what, what kind of age range are, are most of your patients that you're working you know, my patients range from 60, I mean, from 16 to, and I usually don't try not to do mess with hormones too much in their teens, but, right. but when they get into their twenties, all of a sudden I start seeing things like PCOS crop up and that means hormone imbalances. Um, and, and then I see uh, low, low testosterone by early thirties quite often in women. Um, I see uh, by mid thirties, I see women starting to develop hormone imbalance. In other words, their estrogen stays strong, but the progesterone is dropping off like crazy. By the time a woman is 40, her progesterone level has dropped by 80% on the average woman in America. So they already have hormone imbalance. And then I have a, a perimenopausal women who are, who are approaching menopause, but you do that for years. And then I have menopausal women all the way to, um, gosh, my mom is, is 86 and we have her on hormones. And she's had breast cancer, by the way, and we have her on hormones because studies show that that women who go back on hormones after breast cancer treatment have less recurrence, 20% less recurrence. Mm -hmm. So so there is a, a, a wide range. And matter of fact, studies now show that the longer a woman is on hormones, the more protected she is from heart disease and from osteoporosis and dementia and and um, and strokes. So. Yes, we, we love to keep them on the hormones as long as possible, as long as they want to feel good, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, are there any kind of reasons why the, the significant drops in the hormone levels? Are there things that people could be doing, you know, through diet or exercise or, or other things um, to kind of help prevent a little bit of that maybe? Yeah, I'm very much into preventative medicine and uh, and longevity medicine, and not in longevity medicine as in I want to live forever, mm -hmm. but I want to have good quality of life until I go. To me, that's longevity medicine, and uh, and so for my gals especially, um, 
when they eat in the paleo type eating style, um, we have found that it decreases symptoms of things like endometriosis and fibroid tumors and, and gynecological incidences by as much as 75%. And so it's a non, it's a low inflammatory eating style. You know, we're leaving off grains. We're, we're leaving off high glycemic index fruits and vegetables. You know, we've, we've, uh, eliminated bread and, and pasta and chips and crackers. And, and when, when you do this kind of eating style, what you find is you find that the women are less inflammatory. And so obviously all of their systems are going to work better and they're going to have less chance of developing Hashimoto's autoimmune thyroiditis. I mean, a matter of fact, I've had lots of patients that had Hashimoto's autoimmune thyroiditis and was able to reverse it. Um, and so it's interesting when you open your brain and you, you really look to see how does the body operate? How does it function? And what can you do to affect how these outcomes are going to occur? You can make changes that we never dreamed possible. I mean, I never dreamed of the things that I could, that I'm getting accomplished today. Uh, when I first graduated pharmacy school, I thought that drugs were the answer for everything. And you know what? There's a place for all kinds of therapies, including traditional medicines, including natural medicines, including supplements. I mean, including eating style. I mean, there is a place for all of this in our lives. And so I never exclude any certain type of, medicine and say, Oh, that's all bad. You know, like I never say traditional medicine is all bad. Oh no, not at all. And so I, I applaud people who do a good job in that. And I applaud people who do a good job in, in the integrative medicine arena too. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like the integrative medicine arena, uh, has really taken off over the past few years. Um, you know, seeing more and more uh, of practitioners, uh, embracing that. And, um, yes, yeah, so it, there's definitely, um, kind of a, a movement, if you will, um, in that sense. Have you, have you, know you found what, that David, as well? Or, or what is your uh, thought? It, you, know, you know, when I saw the biggest lift to integrated medicine was back in 2002, you remember the women's health initiative study, right? Um, that was a study that was uh, released to the lay media first, not to any professional publication, but to the lay media first, which is which automatically makes you suspicious about a study. Mm -hmm. But it was the largest study ever done on hormones, and they used is basically on Primpro, okay, Primrin, and and there was one arm of Primrin, there's another arm of Primrin and Provera, and uh, and so anyway, a, a biased researcher, Jacques Rousseau, released data way early, um, and he said um, women need to be get off hormones because they have a, a, a significantly increased risk of invasive breast cancer. And now there is no data to back that, but he hated hormones and he wanted women off hormones. And so 80, 80 more than 80% of women got off their hormones or never started hormones. And a Yale study showed that hundreds of thousands of women died early because they weren't on hormones or protective hormones. Well, the researchers on that study, Hillary, they were pissed because here, here they, they get, there's this body of researchers, including the lead researcher and the lead research goes out rogue on his own and releases that data. And, and of course, Primarin sales dropped um, 80% in overnight, just overnight. I mean, it was, it was the number one drug in the world before 2002. And all of a sudden, you know, $60 million of sales dropped in a year. 
And, uh, and so anyway, uh, women were looking and doctors were looking for options. And, uh, and they, and so that's what opened the door for more bioidentical hormone, uh, uh, replacement therapy being prescribed. And, and so the women just trusted natural hormones. I said, you know, if it's the same as my body make, maybe I should trust that more. And doctors were kind of the same way. They're going, well, we don't know what to think. Well, again, the lead researchers uh, was the bad guy, but the other researchers in there, they, over the next 10 years, released data that showed that the data that he released was wrong. And these are the researchers from that study. And they, they showed that that women actually have a reduced risk of heart disease and a reduced risk of stroke and a reduced risk of breast cancer and a, and a reduced risk of all these different things that, that he had said increased risk. And, uh, and so the, but it didn't make sensational headlines because it wasn't sensational. And so nobody heard about it. And for years, doctors were still saying, Oh, I need to take you off hormones after five years. Well, that was, that was completely wrong. Because again, the th reason they were basing this standard of practice of, of being on hormones for five years and getting off at age 55 was simply because of bad data being released from a bad study. And, and I, could, I could go on for two hours just about how bad that study was. But bottom line is, is that opened the door for a lot of people to try um, what they felt like was a more safe alternative. And since then, we found out that the bioidentical hormones do represent um, improvement in, in uh, risk profile over traditional hormones. Traditional hormones are not bad, but biological hormones are better. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, matter of fact, when I testified at NASM at the National Academy of Science, Engineering and Medicine on the study that FDA commissioned with them on the clinical utility of compounded biological hormones, um, I testified for three hours and I, I, I gave them a um, hundred studies uh, very good studies um, showing how bioidentical hormones are um, are worthwhile to use. I wasn't trying to badmouth traditional hormones. I was simply trying to give them data. Well, they wouldn't even look at the studies because FDA commissioned them to find fault with bioidentical hormones. And they came out with a very negative findings about bioidentical hormones, not based on any science. It was just an opinion piece. And so we as compounders were upset because we didn't feel like that, that we were listened to with all the science background, with all the experiential data we, we put through. And so what we did is we commissioned an independent research firm, Berkeley Research, and, and they looked over all of the, the entire study and they came out with a scathing, a scathing scientific breakdown of where NASA went wrong on the um, clinical utility of compounded biological hormones. And they proved that NASA did nothing other than, than put out an opinion piece, not based on any science whatsoever. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's certainly those aspects. And then what about, uh, patient access? Um, do, you know, do patients typically have to do cash prices? Have you, have you found hmm. much success with, uh, billing insurance. What does that look like? Matter of fact, we used to bill um, in, for insurance for all of our compounds, and then insurance companies uh, decided to quit paying for compounds. Um, in two thousand, between two thousand thirteen and two thousand fifteen, they decided to stop payments for compounds, and it was just simply that they could make more money uh, because, as we all know, PBMs are evil. 
<laughs> and any pharmacists out there who believe that PBMs are good things <laughs> must work for them. <laughs> but but uh, but PBMs, pharmacy benefit managers, unfortunately, um, are money making ventures. They are not trying to make mankind better. They're not trying to to cut costs. They're simply trying to make more money for their stockholders. And uh, and so compound compounds do not represent um, any of that kickback money that, that we all know that PBMs get when we, when we dispense something on their formulary. And so they don't get that, that middleman money. And therefore they decide, you know, it's not in our best interest to continue to cover compounds. And so they just decide to stop covering them. However, um, 8 million Americans, which is more than half of Americans that are using hormones are using compounded hormones. More than 50%, I said that, more than 50% of Americans who are using hormones are using competent hormones and paying cash for them. Um, and it's just because they feel strongly that they are better for them and that they are more likely to help them to have better quality of life and better health. I can also say that our compounds are pennies on the dollar compared to, to the manufactured meds. Okay, pennies on the dollar. Um, because I mean, our, our patients are, are paying less than a Starbucks a day for their hormones. Um, and, uh, and that's with cash, cash pricing. So no, these are not out of reach. I have more patients who are, um, who are secretaries and teachers than I do billionaires who, who own companies out here. Okay. And so this just goes to show you that is it is well within the reach of the average American. Well, thanks, Jim. I mean, gosh, learned so much about, uh, you know, some of the origins of, of compounding and, and what some of the, um, you know, current uh, struggles are and, and some a little bit more about the, the research uh, there. So uh, it was so great to, to get some more insight. Uh, and one of the things that I love to ask all of our guests is, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for others out there who are just getting started in their career? Um, you know, I think that it, one thing that I, I was slow to, to um, grasp was, was that there's a very large body of evidence-based medicine out there, much larger than what, what, was, what I was taught in school. And so don't automatically dismiss something that, that maybe is outside your wheelhouse. Um, just for instance, uh, just because a patient is on bioidentical hormones, you could probably think of all kinds of, um, of, of uh, let's, let's, I'm sorry to use the word BS, BS answers to that patient to try to scare them off of using compounded bioidentical hormones. But the reality is, is until you investigate them fully, you really don't know. So I would say investigate um, thoroughly before you make a decision to diss a certain form of medicine. And, uh, and I had to learn this the hard way uh, with my wife. Um, and I had to learn this the hard way with my patients who, who maybe weren't getting results from traditional medicine, um, that, that there is another, there are other avenues that are evidence-based that make sense. And, and so keep your brain open. Don't be close-minded. Um, uh, I just feel like that that America um, is tending to be closed-minded and maybe we need to be a little more open-minded and, uh, and think about, well, what is best for outcomes? What does the science say? What does the physiology say? And ask yourself those questions. 
Hillary, I would like to also just put a plug in for the uh, Compounding Association. They have a website, um, www.compounding.com. And, you know, if you feel as though you, you want to support compounding, go on there and put a little testimonial um, if you've had a positive experience about compounds. Because uh, we do know that, that FDA, although they're good guys um, and they're doing a good job, they do tend to overreach when it comes to compounding. They have an anti-compounding culture. And so this we're using this as a way to help our, our legislators uh, become more informed about compounding to say, you know what, compounding isn't for everybody, but for those who choose it, they should have that option. They should have the option to choose. Well, Jim, uh, we appreciate you sharing more with us. And it was so great to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Hillary, thanks again for what you do. Um, you're doing great work, and I'm so proud of you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. 